Everybody knows that Amazon.com is the best place to go when you need some of life's emotional items. Get the best deals on everything you need and help support Rob as the podcast when you start your shopping with our link, robiswebsite.com slash Amazon, or for our friends in Canada, it's robiswebsite.com slash Amazon CA. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor, no way to That's right. The Survivor Know-It-Alls are back together streaming live after the episode instead of just being live in the same room. I'm Ross Sister. Here is the knowingest know-it-all, Stephen Fishback. Yes, the knowingest know-it-all. Yes. Uh, what a terrible episode. What a terrible but but great, great episode. And it's, you know, like awful to see my friend Liz go home, but... Just the insanity. Like Peter said some things that we've never seen anybody say before. Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk about that. I think hopefully this is tongue in cheek. You're saying this was not a great episode because I think this might have been the best of the three. Oh, I love this episode in terms of TV. I mean, I was very sad to see Liz go home. Not a good episode in terms of the result. In terms of the actual TV, like hilarious across the board. Great personalities. Uh, yeah, I mean, like really, really a, a, a strong episode. David, I have to say, I'm very bullish on this season that Jeff was underselling, 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 but this has been three really strong episodes out of the gate. I think too, like had they hyped it like too much, maybe we wouldn't have loved it, but, um, st- Three strong episodes, all like really character based too. You know, not crazy strategy. We're not seeing like blindsides within blindsides, but we are seeing blindsides. And it's like really, we're seeing like a lot of like strong, nutty characters. Like, I didn't want anyone to go home from the Brains tribe. You know, I could have like, they're all good, Joe, whatever. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't need Joe, but like, uh, the rest of them are all great. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about all of it. I think the best part about this season, the biggest selling point, there is no boring tribe. There is no tribe. Oh, okay. Let me go, yeah. get a, go to get a snack. All three tribes tribe. had great drama this week. Yeah. So a lot to break down here live with you guys on the Survivor Know-It-Alls. We're going to be taking your questions live. Scott St. Pierre's behind the scenes. Hashtag RHAP. And then also on our YouTube channel at robiswebsite.com slash YouTube. And then some fun podcasts on the way. Of course, uh, we will have our exit interview where we oh, will yeah. speak with uh, the great uh, Liz Markham and find out exactly what was going on there. Steven must see must appointment podcasting. Oh yeah, of course this whole, all of it, everything surrounding this. This episode was one of the craziest episodes. Like that tribal council, in spite of a somewhat predictable result was one of the craziest tribal councils we've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> just in terms of like Peter, like, I, I, all right, I, I can't constrain myself, but We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. Okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quick. And then I'm pretty, yeah, get this stuff out of the way. Let's go. Yeah. I love your shirt tonight. I feel like it's the, the reverse Star Trek, the next generation uniform. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, at least, at least know, based on where, what I'm seeing on the screen right now. Anyway, yeah. so you're like uh, you're like uh, Captain Picard. It's, it's yeah, amazing. Great, that's the highest compliment you can make. Yes. Okay, anyway, so we're gonna talk Johnny Fairplay recap coming uh, after this episode. Haven't done a, oh, re- wow. a recap episode with Johnny Fairplay, I believe, since Survivor South Pacific. He wow. says he can handle it, so we're gonna wow, give him, yeah. <laughs> give him another shot. And then uh, we will do our voicemail podcast uh, with uh, the great co-host of the Bachelor Rehap Up, longtime RJP uh, contributor, Amy uh, from the uh, Amy the Rehap Recapper. We're going to talk to her on the voicemail show. Get your voicemails in as well. All right. So, Stephen, let's talk about this. That yeah. Should Liz have gone home? Make the case. No, I think that was the right decision for the Brains Tribe. You know, I think li- from, right, like Liz and Peter... They're off in the water. They think they're running everything. They don't treat like I, I wrote about this in my blog. You know, they talk about the way they talk about the other tribe mates. It's like they're almost inhuman. They talk about them like they're sheep or goats or clay or children. But they, they never treat them like actual people. And, you know, it's it's just suggests a complete they're just totally divorced from from what's actually happening. And I think maybe there was a time in Survivor you know, in the early seasons when you could treat people like they had no clue what was going on out there. But now basically everyone kind of has a rough sense of how to play the game. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were just so, you know, just completely lost in their own BS. You know, I'm sure a lot of people thought of Max and Shireen last season where they're standing by the fire, like rubbing their hands and talking about how great and strategic they are. And meanwhile, like everyone else is like, guys, you see those two, right? Like they're, they're the troublemakers. Yeah. So uh, for Liz and Peter, do you think was this a case of being on the brains tribe in the brains versus beauty versus bronze season? Did they fall victim to that old thing where you end up becoming what the survivor tribe tells you you are? I wonder, I, I, you'd think that this would, that would actually work against this tendency, right? If you're on the brains tribe, you're likely you're maybe more likely to think that everyone else is intelligent. And then you've, they've got these like nuts, you know, you got Debbie who's a nut and Joe who's kind of like Daffy, you know, he's doing uh, scissor kicks and, you know, I guess Aubrey didn't want to talk strategy and, and is having a breakdown. And, and, you know, then there's this one other guy out there, Neil, and you're like, where are the two brains? I see what you're saying. Like they so identified as brains that they had to be analytical, but even just from the way they talk, like I don't, I don't think they could have escaped that. If anything, I think like they, the, the season, the theme would have worked counter to that. Liz talked about in her final words that, you know, when you are counting up the votes, you know, when people are giving you false promises, it ends up being your numbers end up wrong. Was it more the Aubrey and Neil throwing them off? Or do you feel like it was more Debbie and Joe giving them the false positive? I think they were just cocky about Debbie and Joe, right? Like they didn't believe that these kind of like, Daffy oldsters could like get could like outthink them. And there was just an arrogance there. Yeah. You know, I think that 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 had to be what it was. Right, Rob? I have to think that uh, that was the case. Do you think that if we're in the case of Liz and Peter, though, was this the classic survivor overthink? I mean, we had it set up from the for, from the premiere that right. they, we had these four people. It was the four young people versus the two old people. If they come down and say the votes Joe tonight, right, Neil, right, right. Aubrey. Don't you think that Joe goes home? Uh, so that's the question, right? So we see that Debbie really has it out for Liz specifically, right? Like she doesn't like Liz for some reason. Like Liz, 
more than Peter, Liz seems to really irk Debbie. Um, and I think both Peter and, and Liz just treated their, everyone else around them like pawns in such a visible way that maybe on day two or day three, you think to yourself, Oh yeah, obviously us young kids together. But on day nine of that, you're like, I don't want to be around this anymore. And you know, Aubrey had that confessional where she was like, Peter is so condescending to me all the time. You know, like I don't, I want him gone. And I think that, you know, and, and then conversely, you have Debbie who, you know, easy early outcast, but then she's treating, you know, she's bonding with Aubrey. She's comforting Aubrey in the shelter when Aubrey has her breakdown, you know? And I think that that probably just over time, it, it, it ruined them. That's a good question. Like if they had stuck with the plan, you, you think that if they had stuck with the plan, that Joe would be gone. I don't think that's true. Uh, well, I think in addition to sticking to the plan, just internally sticking to, okay, it's our four, it's our four, it's our four, rather right. than coming up with, you know, instead of us four staying together, why don't we get rid of the one only other person who we think could potentially vote against us down the line? You think then the the key problem for Liz and Peter was when Debbie said to Neil, hey, uh, they want you out. I think that the key problem was when they decided that the person who needs to go out is Neil. But that decision, like whether or not they decide that, like that has no impact on how Neil and Aubrey are voting, right? Because like, like there's the there's only six people in the tribe and it's too hard to keep this all a secret, I feel like, to do to pull off a blindside like this in the six person tribe. Because once you're gonna be telling you know, Debbie and Joe that you're with them. You're also telling a different story to Aubrey and Neil. I just think that there's going to be way too much cross pollination there. And it's eventually those two other factions. And it's not voting blocks this season. It's voting units, Stephen. There's three voting units of two. I just feel like that, that those other two voting units eventually are going to get on the same page. We see the difference just so that we, we, we pause. We see the difference here between voting blocks and voting units, right? They're two incredibly distinct yes, things. Yes. We're all on the same page about that. Okay. All right. I know it's funny because they both have the word voting in them, but like they're very different. It's funny. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's interesting because like also there's that conversation that the four younger people have around the fire and like they're like, yeah, we should just do Joe, right? And you can you can tell they're all BSing each other. They're like, yeah, totally, Joe. Like, it's so obvious they're all lying to each other. So maybe you're right. Like, maybe making that decision to violate that foursome was the problem. But, you know, you see that Aubrey here likes Debbie and doesn't like Peter. You know, regardless of them choosing to blindside Neil, like, Aubrey doesn't want to be around Peter anymore. And I think that, you know, it's so impossible to say, but I, I would wonder if they would, turn on Peter and Liz anyway. I mean, regardless of their their choice, like they're still isolating themselves. They're still speaking kind of, you know, condescendingly to everybody. Were you surprised though that it ultimately was Liz and not Peter, especially after the last five, 10 minutes of the episode? Well, I mean, I would think though that is why it wasn't Peter, right? Like Peter is more abrasive than Liz. He's a bigger target at the, at the merge because, or a swap because he's a bigger challenge threat. Like that's why you keep Peter around and not Liz or I mean I don't know Sophie tweeted to me or Sophie tweeted you know why you'd think they would keep Liz over Peter I would think Liz is more threatening than Peter is so you keep Peter once you're once you're like making that rupture right because this vote is basically saying to the Peter and Liz block like we're screwing you we're not with you um so I think you keep you you keep the more threatening one 
Do you feel like it was just pure challenge strength? That was the ultimate key where Peter is going to be better asset in the challenges. I don't think just better asset in the challenges. I think also maybe a bigger, at least from, from my perspective, if I were out there also, he'd be a bigger target later for others. Right. And like, as a player, you always want bigger targets out there. People who are going to give it off before you. Do you, do you agree with that or disagree? No, I agree. I agree. Peter also said some interesting things in the episode too, like uh, in those last like uh, five, 10 minutes or so. Um, he talked about, in addition to him and Liz being smarter than everybody else, he's talked about how they're better looking than everybody else. <laughs> they have great smiles. Great <laughs> smiles. Wow. Yeah. A lot of the time when I like hear confessionals like that, you know, I think, what was the question they were at? You know, any reality <laughs> TV show, you know, what was the question? And you know, the question was something like, Peter, don't you and Liz have great smiles? Like, isn't that why you guys are together? But even so, in this case, he went so far above and beyond with like, not only are we beautiful, but we're brilliant. We have everything on lockdown and everybody else is clay. And like, I am their God King. You know, it was so over the top. Like, there's just no way. I feel so bad for the guy, you know, what, what was your perspective? Yeah, I feel like the, the Peter and, you know, and people were teasing me on Twitter because I said that uh, maybe I saw a winner edit for Peter at last week yeah. on the know-it-alls. And oh, wow. then uh, yeah, I've got people tweeting to me like, you're an idiot. You, you, yeah, you Welcome you to my life. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Umberto is saying nice job with Pete douche. You still think he's going to win. And oh, so really, I, th I thought he came off good last week. I don't know where this came from. Yeah, it really, it was really funny. It was like letting the, the genie out of the bottle a little bit. It's like, we've only seen like pretty like positive and together Peter and Liz. And this time we just saw a completely different side of them. It, you know, um, it just was like they were disconnected. I feel like the fact that they like got in their own little world of like self-congratulation ended up really screwing them and like separating them from the rest of the tribe. And, you know, that's the classic. Like there were so many classic survivor flaws. Like one, you know, treat everyone like they're your pawns. You know, two, tell other people what to do and don't ask them what they want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, three separate yourself from the truck. Like, I don't know what, what else, what did they do wrong here, Rob? I mean, they pretty much just did the classic move where they just made themselves seem like they were self-important and everybody yeah. else was sort of just marching to the beat of their drummer. They were going to be calling the shots and other people don't like to feel that way that, you know, people would rather say like, I'll screw the tribe over just because just to screw up your game. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll say is like when Liz did go to Debbie and, you know, I'm already getting people accusing me of bias and, you know, that's fine. I'm biased. Like we're all biased. Everyone is in this world is biased. Hot take. Um, yeah. Um, I thought that she didn't come like Debbie was like, you know, Liz was bossing me around like, yeah, you know, and I'm supposed to just follow orders. But like that conversation by the well, that was not how that I perceived that. Right. Like mm -hmm. from my and I'm curious what you thought, because like I thought like Liz was like, hey, you know, maybe we should just vote out those two. And, you know, like glad we're on the same page and like we're friends and you know and after the challenge when they lost and debbie was like so sorry about that liz was the first person to comfort her she was like oh yeah it was super close you know like i didn't i didn't see from liz that same arrogance uh in interacting with the tribe now certainly in her confessionals and when she was with peter i saw it but yeah. i didn't see that when she was interacting with the tribe to the same degree that debbie 
was articulating it. I mean, what was your perspective? Well, that may be more from the stuff from the first couple episodes of the season where it was like all of the foursome was out in the water and Debbie and Joe were sort of left to their own devices that she might have just been projecting. Oh, they're so arrogant. Look at them over there. And then sort of in any other conversation, she's sort of like playing that same song forward of that. She's so arrogant and that she's telling me what to do. So you could sort of spin that. However, you want to, if you want to make the case that these are the arrogant people, these are the people we want to get rid of. Right. And then, and that's, it's, it's, that's always a very compelling, you know, it's to your point. Like it's, it's your, like you said, it's always a compelling argument to get rid to take someone out. It's like saying they're acting like a boss. I mean, that is the fundamental survivor narrative, right? It's the arrogant person gets taken down. We see it over and over and over again. Yeah. And so for Peter, though, at this tribal council, I was really surprised with just like how much he was just like very matter of fact about what they were going to be doing. And he really like was giving it to Neil at tribal council. I really wonder if there was some sort of altercation that was back at camp that we didn't see where he really like snapped at Neil where uh, he talked about, you know, he's going to go forward with his plan. And Neil's like, oh, which which one of those plans is is that? And he's like, well, it's definitely not your plan. Yeah, I, was, it's, I, I got had the same sort of feeling that there's, there was like some kind of history there. Like it seemed like he was kind of like there was already some sort of antagonism there, you know, they, it, for that, to, for the, yeah, for him to like snap like that. Yeah. And he talked about how Neil could be a snake in ice cream pants. <laughs> Maybe the guy in ice cream pants is a snake in ice cream pants. Classic, <laughs> classic image. The snake in ice cream pants that we're all always wary of. I, I mean, honestly, like I, I know people were so outraged by Peter. I thought he was so funny, like in like a comical way, right? Like in like a great, like a funny character. Like Debbie's a funny character. I just thought like his over and the fact that he was breaking it down, like he just laid it all out there. He's like, we've got our two and their two and we're going to vote for Neil and we're going to vote for Aubrey. And that's that's it. We're going to vote him out. Like when was the last time we saw something that that was that straightforward? Yeah. I really think that Peter does have a uh, Garrett Adelstein streak in him going back to the original brains tribe. Do you think that there's something about being like an ER doctor? You know, you're you're an ER doctor. You got to like take control. You know, you like it's the emergency's happening. Let me just lay it all out there. We're going to make this happen. You know, we're going to cut off this joint. We're going to cut off that joint. And then the patient's going to be whole. I think that is definitely part of it. You're used to having a bunch of people around you that you sort of are like when you like there's no sort of like second guessing. I don't believe in that sort of situation. Or maybe, Stephen, it's that so many people are making the comparison of, oh, Mr. President, you're Obama. Maybe he's just feeling like I'm just going to be, oh, executive order. Here's what we're doing. And then he's like, just feels like that he's with his cabinet and this is what's going down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Too much power. Too much power. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really though, checks and balances in a survivor tribe, Stephen. The, the, what we haven't talked about was how perfectly Debbie played this. You know, I think that as much as we saw that Liz and Peter were kind of oblivious to how other people were perceiving them, Debbie totally understood her role in the tribe, how she was being perceived. And then she played that to her advantage. You know, she says, everyone here has dismissed me, you know, like I'm completely overlooked. And that's great. That's where I want to be. I want to be, you know, flying under the radar. I want to be observing and picking my spots. And she does it perfectly. You know, she goes to Joe. She goes to Aubrey. She goes to Neil and kind of plants the seed in Neil's head. You know, hey, Neil, they want you out. You know, she says to Aubrey, you know, like, you know, she's, you see them like talking in the shelter. 
it's just like the way she does it is so textbook perfect that, you know, you really got to respect her game. Yeah, she's really great. And kudos to Lynn Spillman and the casting department. I feel like that she is one of the best casting people, the most original casting people that they've found in years that she really is like a throwback to classic survivor that she is somebody who is just, and she's so good already. I mean, just three episodes in, I mean, the camera loves her. She has all these sound bites. Her confessionals are great and she's not like a filler. And I mean, I, you know, we all have Phil, but like, I felt like Philip, we all do. That's true. Yeah. I felt like Philip was so cartoony. He didn't really have game, you know, in his first season and his second season, he did have game, but in his first season, he didn't really have game. You know, he was, he was like playing this, this cartoon, you know, he came in with his like pre-stocked quotes, you know, he was like playing a coach imitator and like Debbie is herself and she does have game and her confessionals. She's not like quoting war heroes, but she does have like hilarious on point, you know, really like imagistic, vibrant confessional. She's great. Yeah. So she is really strong. Are you giving the fishy to Debbie? Can you let us know, Stephen? Fishy to Debbie, 100%. Just like at Red Lobster. Yeah, yeah. Who would you give it to? Debbie. Yeah, I think you give it to Debbie. She's the person who seemed to have put together the whole counter resistance. Um, What about for Neil and Aubrey in terms of all this? Like, who do you think? Is this the right move for them? Right. do, Do you think that this was ultimately the better move to... Uh, end up with working with Joe and Debbie because I have to feel like to me this is could be the tribe that could potentially spin out of control and be completely fractured because you almost feel like that brawn if they yeah. could ultimately get their act together they could be like one of these tribes where they may not even like Alicia but she may stick with they them were, just because they tell her that she's going to be a part of their voting uh, block like, like blue collar with Sierra last season where like they were just were like you know Dan and Mike were like not that great with Sierra at the beginning but then um, she just voted with them the whole time because that's that was the group they were in. But I feel like that this brains group maybe could be the yeah. group that really is going to be ending up completely going all in their own different direction. Yeah, they look more fractious. Like it does seem like the uh, like the brains group was like we're three twos and like it, like they they were three little voting units. Um, you know, that were each kind of independent and were willing to work. I mean, you know, it, it was kind of a voting block strategy. I've gotten some tweets asking, what is the difference between the voting unit and the voting block? The voting block would be the coming together. The voting units are the separate parts. So the voting block would be Joe, uh, Debbie, Aubrey, and Neil. The voting unit would be Joe and, and Debbie and Aubrey and Neil. Um, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but anyway, you know, versus the other tribes where there does seem to be like a move towards some kind of like central power structure with on, on Braun, you have Jason Scott and Sydney and you're right. Like Alicia, while she's not a part of that, she does kind of like define herself within it. And then on, on, you know, beauty, you certainly have that, that group of three girls. And then like, you know, the three guys aren't doing their own thing. We should talk about beauty in a second, but like, you know, they, the, the, you know, Caleb, and probably Ty will want to be a part of that like core beauty unit. That's a great point. Hey, on brains, where is the base of power located? If it's around Scott and Jason on brawn and around the three women on beauty. Now, who is going to be the central figure? It seems like those other four people are rejecting Peter. I yeah. can't see it being Debbie being the leader moving forward in this brains tribe. So where, what is going to happen to this group when they end up? co-mingling with the other uh, tribes right and you know like you, 
there is a natural tendency to stay with the people who you know. Um, but it doesn't seem like that bond is super strong. And you're, you know, like to your point, you know, there's like that question of like, is this like too soon to like, it was it too soon for Peter and Liz, you know, do you kind of want to move forward with the smarter players because it's a long game, you know, it's 39 days and there's a lot of dodging and weaving. Like, do you want to move forward with the people who you feel like will be more simpatico with you for like, as opposed to like taking Neil out early. And we were talking about this a little bit last week with, um, with Jennifer, where there's this like eagerness in, in new survivor players, like make the big move so fast. And like, it's too soon. Yeah. And in terms of, uh, what, you know, when is when is it not too soon? Do you have a a good answer on that? Yeah, I when the first yeah, it was uh, whenever I started to target Joe is when it's not. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's talk about some of these other tribes. If if uh, I feel like I think he, I think though re- realistically, like after a swallow, like right before emerge, you know, like about at that, like just before the halfway point is when is when you want to start opening up your game. But early on, you want to, you know, you need to keep your options open. You don't need to just be like making these huge blindsides this early. But OK, so let's talk about the other. Job. OK, let's go to Braun first uh, before we talk about beauty, because I think there's uh, more drama there on Braun. I thought that this was a bit of a coming out party for Sydney because we had, oh, yeah. did, not, did not see a lot of her in the first two episodes. And we got to see a good deal of her sort of being the go between. I think she's in a uniquely powerful position yeah. between those two groups where she's seemingly in good with Jason and Scott. And it sounds like she actually is in good with them. But then also she has Alicia feeling like a little bit sort of like the Von Ertfelder thing where it's like Alicia feels like that. Okay. This is my one friend in this group. Yeah. And, um, she's playing it perfectly. It can get easy to get kind of, you know, flustered in that situation where you do have these two groups they're both coming to you with information. You know, Alicia comes to her with the idle information and she plays it so perfectly. You know, first she like when she when when they find like Alicia comes to her with the idle clue, they start digging. Sydney finds the idol, but pretends that she hasn't and keeps digging, you know, doesn't actually look for it until Alicia's gone away. Then when Jason and Scott question her about it, she has the good sense to admit what she's been doing because anything less is going to raise their suspicion, especially as she articulates because, because of this bond she has with Alicia. So she's, she knows that her position, she doesn't want to like set herself up with Alicia. So she has to be like doubly honest. She tells Jason and Scott exactly like the truth. I mean, it was just so perfectly played. I mean, granted she doesn't end up with the idol, but would you want to be the one with the idol when everyone knows you have the idol? Yeah, it's a good question, especially in this group. And if Jason was to know that she had the idol, I think that would make her uh, a very big target in his mind and somebody who he could be coming after her. I just thought it was so unusual from the typical survivor idol chase where here's the entire complement of a tribe together on the you know hunt for this idol and Jason kind of being uh, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way just being like sort of the you know bully of okay when this idol comes down it's mine everybody like don't even yeah, try it to- really did seem like it was just assumed that it would be his and even like when Scott I, I tweeted about this but even like you know it, they Jason had it in his hand and Scott you know kind of like his hand was out too <laughs> you know like he was kind of waiting to get to touch the idol and Jason did not let go of that thing for a second 
Yeah, it's just presumed it was Jason's idol. This is Jason's tribe. And I think that it's really uh, interesting dynamic of how is this bronze tribe going to move forward with this with this grouping with now Alicia, who is now clearly flat on the bottom. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, uh, you know, uh, I think Randy tweeted something earlier about, um, you know, it looked like Alicia was going to be, you know, the the he thought they were they were setting up something where alicia ends up like destroying you know um jason's game yeah to me the key line i felt like tonight was with that braun tribe was that scott said you know i'm i'm confident that jason's going to take care of me and i'm like oh i wonder if jason is even going to turn on scott at some point oh yeah i totally yeah when scott was like right yeah i'm sure it's good and you know you know that jason absolutely does not think that way you know he thinks like like he should think, you know, I'll help Scott if it helps me, which is the correct way of thinking. Yeah, I do also think that uh, Scott and I've uh, been complimentary so far about his gameplay, but I feel like that he is a little bit in sort of like the first like uh, first few seasons of Survivor in terms of how he's playing the game in terms of like, OK, Je- I'm loyal to Jennifer I can't vote against her. I know Jason will be on, you know, uh, keep his word to me. Yeah. I know he's good. Alicia, I just want to let you know the reason I voted for you last night is I told Jennifer she was my friend that I couldn't vote against her. So I just feel like that Scott is being uh, very uh, overly trusting with all of these survivor players out here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I really didn't, I, I didn't love that decision that he made to, to tell everybody about or to sorry to tell alicia like that like really protracted reason about like why you know i what i vote i betrayed you because i didn't want to betray jennifer because i I had decided you know to vote her out it didn't make sense you know it didn't make sense and like you know keep your moral you know point but don't necessarily you don't have to share that with alicia yeah now, do you feel like Alicia is kind of dead in the water here on this Braun tribe, or do you feel like that she can rebound from this? Oh no, she—I mean, she needs the swap, right? I think, but I think Alicia's in actually a pretty great position in a swap because you know if she's not on a majority Braun tribe, she's like an easy flop, right? Mm-hmm. And is not someone who's going to be a big target in the game uh, after she gets to a swap or emerge. So you know, Alicia could go really deep. You know, we could see Alicia at the end. And I really feel like, and I know we've touched on this before, that she is shaping up. You called her the Sierra from Worlds Apart, but I really feel, I'm feeling like she's getting the Sierra from Token Sheen's treatment. Just the sort of she's bullied, but is like a fighter. Um, not, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I was more saying that she's sort of disregarded. And I feel like that maybe there's more to her story to come, whether yeah. or not it's her. That's the one, you know, like her vote ends up being useful to somebody. Yeah, I definitely I really think she's going far in this game. Like, I really believe because, you know, we see that next episode. It looks like there's a medevac, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, they're, they they very well could get to a swap without another tribal council. You know, who knows? Maybe they'll do two. But, um, you know, I think Alicia could could do very well. OK, we also saw the beauty tribe. Another idol is found tonight. Tai Trang ends up finding the idol. We talked about last week that you had to climb the tree, but it turns out that there was a tool. And I don't know if Ty just did not read the instructions properly of what you needed to do, but you needed to basically push up on the bottom of the idol holder to knock it loose. Ty ends up getting the beauty tribe hidden immunity idol. Do you think this favored the uh, the tribe with the giant? 
Uh, <laughs> the fact that there were idle, idle, idle keys hidden in, in I don't trees. know if it favored the, that tribe. It favored him. It definitely favored the diamond. <laughs> he might have like just bumped his head against it one day. Yeah, like, uh, hey, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ty now has the beauty idol, and we find out the twist officially. It's that it's half of an idol. So I don't know. Is it like shoes where there's like a left one and a right one, and now you have to find like if you have two left idols, like will that go together? Is it any two or it has to be? I the- think it's any two. I got the sense that it was any two idols, and the difference with shoes is that you're actually worse off with one shoe than you are with no shoes. <laughs> But uh, with two shoes, you know, is that from experience? Yeah, one shoe is no good. Yeah, um, but but uh, I, I like what. What do you think of this twist, Rob? What, what's your perspective on the idol on this new idol power? I think it's going to be interesting, but I just feel like there, there's so few times in Survivor history where one person or two people have access to two idols. I feel like that it's almost like you could yeah. count on one hand the number of times that that happens. So I feel like it's going to be a very rare thing, almost like a Haley's comet that we end up seeing two people putting their idol together for something. But I think that's good. It's so powerful, right? It's such a a strong power that it's good that it's a rare use. And I think it's interesting because it will, it might change behavior. You know, I don't think you want some, some new twist that's just going to empower existing behavior. You want a new twist. That's going to change the way that people play and who knows if this will, but it has the potential to, I mean, the danger, the bigger danger in my perspective is like we actually have seen more people with two idols than we've seen people sharing idols. Mm -hmm. So I think that could happen. You know, you had Tyson who had two idols, uh, Parvati had two idols. I mean, there's been a handful of times when people have had Jeremy, obviously, had two idols. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that I think makes it less exciting, you know, but but uh, yeah, I agree. I I like I really like this twist. I like that it like gives it a really concrete, strong power but it requires a lot of effort from the players to activate that power. What's fun about it is that I think you could get a lot of conversations like, Hey, you got an idol. I got an idol. You're like, uh, I got an yeah, idol. Exactly, you, got an idol? Exactly. you know, anybody that's got an idol. Yeah, uh, it's exactly. And like, then you're, you, you risk exposing yourself for a greater advantage. So, Steven, do you know exactly how it works? Like, let's say we're at tribal council. I get yeah. voted out. I have the hidden immunity idol in my pocket. Can I turn to my alliance and be like, hey, anybody else got any, one? Anybody else holding tonight? Anybody else yeah. got it? Uh, like, quick, give it to me. Uh, well, save me. Yeah, theoretically, right? Like, I, that would, that's how I read it. And then you're I mean, like, ah, yeah, I'll see, I'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, you might be tempted just to, like, do it. You know, there's kind of that that i mean it depends on how you know you have to have some kind of relationship with this person but like it would be such a power move you know and such a cool move Mm -hmm. and there's always that temptation when you're playing survivor you know you're like ooh, wouldn't this be sweet if i did this (laughs) yeah so tai trang has the idol he appears to be uh set up pretty well um, what did you think about now the talk of the women bringing in beast mode cowboy to be the fourth i guess part of the women's alliance i thought anna played it so well you know the way she approached caleb and she said look we're strong we're not wavering you can join us we don't want to go against you and we have this target and that i think is the crucial part she didn't just say you know hey be with us why not she was like you can't beat us join us which is a pretty compelling but also He's the target, you know, and I think that makes really having a target really solidifies an alliance. Like we've seen that over and over again. So to say that makes Caleb feel that it's a safe offer, 
that there's a clear enemy. And I just thought it was so strong. I thought Anna really played it perfectly. Is Ty in with them as well? You got to assume they're going to tie next, right? But that locking in Caleb was always kind of their goal, right? They even said in episode one, you know, oh, we've seen him be super loyal, um, you know, so we like him. Yeah, I do think that it is a dangerous spot now for Nick to be right before where the traditional swap is going to be in these three tribe seasons. Uh, it's a it's a spot where they often uh, target a strong player here yeah. on that fourth vote in a three tribe season. How much does Nick? love peter because without peter nick would have really come off like a douche tonight <laughs> it's certainly douchey so yeah. uh we'll we'll see ultimately what happens but i think that would be a good move for that beauty tribe if they did vote out nick in that spot right before where the presumptive tribe swap is going to be coming into episode five yeah no it's interesting i mean it's it's uh it's really interesting I mean, we see we think there's a, we think that someone's getting evacuated next week right? it does seem like it and i feel like that uh jeff has talked about a you know a, a lot of drama that happens in episode four i watched right. him with you and parvati talking about yep. like oh you, you know you're really going to get to see a lot of behind the scenes so it looks like that there will be a lot of uh, medical drama the question that is going to probably be if if there is a medevac will there also be tribal council next right. week because like typically they have these 18 or 20 person seasons to have a little bit of room to, to lose some players. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's the question. That is the question. It's interesting. Um, I was excited to see Dr. Joe, you know, Dr. Joe was our doctor out there and he was this, like, he's this like tough dude, you know, like he's like, I don't know, like British, you know, secret, you know, special forces or something medic. And we, you'd go to him and you'd be like, Oh, Hey Joe, like my, I've lost a leg. And he'd be like, Okay, well, you know, walk it off, walk it off. Yeah. So to see him like in in crisis mode is is uh you know if you're if you're like mobile you know if you're not dying like they're they're pretty like you know like chin up you know he's both British and like a special forces man. Who did you have in Survivor Token Chains? Was it Doctor Ramona at that time? Maybe I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh my god, look at you! I my health was better back. Then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen, anything else about uh, the show before we start to get into some of these questions? I, this was, I think we hit, we hit all the big points. Um, yeah, I, what did you, did you think, did you think um, Jason played too rough with Alicia in, in the idol hunt? I ultimately did not. I didn't think that he did anything that was like, I know that in the preview, it looked like that there was a little bit of a altercation coming and it, I didn't know if there was going to be more in the episode, but I felt like there was a little bit of jostling for the clue, but I don't think that's anything that you would have seen outside of like, you know, one of these games where it's like you're playing the water basketball or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, thought I wonder though, it's different in a challenge. I, I wonder what the, what the rule is about he he didn't really he wasn't he wasn't really roughhousing or anything. Yeah, I didn't you think look, she, she came away with bruises or anything. I think that they yeah. would have made more of a meal of that if that was the case. So I think it was just sort of like okay, you know, a mad scramble for the idol and then or a mad scramble for the clue and then uh, he ended up coming out with it. Do you think Jason is coming off well? Like I, because I, I I thought he was coming off like mixed. You know, like at times he looks kind of like a jerk and at other times he's like a charming jerk, you know, and I, I like him as a character, but like I, you know, someone said to me, Oh yeah, Jason's coming off terribly. And I was like, what? No, I disagree. I, I think that, I, I think yeah, that okay. Jason is coming off great. I mean, maybe to the, yeah. you know, 
Survivor internet community. And again, we're a, we're a little Survivor bit Facebook up, page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do think that to the overall Survivor millions of fan viewing audience, I think he's coming off very positive. And this was something that I talked about in the evolution of strategy with Russell Hans early on, where I think that Russell was portrayed right. uh, so somewhat positively early on where I think if you come into Survivor with sort of, again, that blue collar work ethic where it's like, I don't care what they throw at me. I will do whatever it takes to win. It doesn't matter if I'm lying. doesn't matter who I have to knock over. I don't care how much I have to suffer, what's going on with my shoulders. If you come into Survivor with just that like sort of lunchbox mentality or lunch pail mentality. And I think that that was, uh, you know, at the, you know, a part of the Rupert phenomenon where yeah. if you just come at it from that sort of like very, very much, you know, down to earth, I'll do whatever it takes and nothing can stop me. I think people that really appeals to people. It, what, what does that have to do with lunch pails? I, I think that's sort of like a, uh, you know, a colloquialism of, you know, you're sort of like a person that's bringing your lunch to the construction site every day. Okay. You never heard that? I mean, I've heard that, but not. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a sports uh, metaphor more. Talk <laughs> about like to the sports field. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, he's gonna gonna get down and dirty. Okay, let's get into some questions, Stephen. Why don't you kick us off with our first question of the night here? All right, first questions coming to us live from Carrie Graveline. Isn't this ball around the holes challenge just like the one in Big Brother that Caleb sat out of and made Frankie do in his own? Ironic that Frankie won it and Caleb made the last ball for his tribe's win. This is obviously going to be for you, Rob. Yeah, so uh, back in Big Brother 16, there was a moment where Frankie Grande, who uh, the uh, the older sibling of uh, recording superstar Ariana Grande, uh, everybody had really had enough of his crap in the house. And it was like one of the most exciting moments of the season where it's like, oh, they're finally going to backdoor Frankie Grande. Uh, this is going to be great. And they basically were going to throw him under the bus in the Battle of the Block. And Caleb was his partner. And he basically was going to sit down and be like, Frankie, you're on your own. And then it was a challenge. It was that same exact challenge, but you had to do it with, instead of on Survivor, where we've always seen it with, with one person holding both of the handles on Big Brother. One person was holding one side and the other person was holding the other side. So it ended up being like a teamwork challenge and it ended up being much easier for Frankie Grande just to do it himself because he didn't have to have any sort of like his left hand knew what his right hand was doing as opposed to the other team. Uh, That being said, so even though Caleb sat out of that challenge on Big Brother in this challenge, uh, he ended up uh, being a person who ended up doing it. So uh, I got that from a lot of people on Twitter. Good catch by all of you guys. Also, I thought it was interesting that in Big Brother 16, Caleb was in an all-male alliance that had only one woman in it. Tonight, he gets asked to invite, be invited is the one man in an all-women's alliance. Isn't it crazy vis-a-vis the challenge how it came down to like one second? Yeah. And that determined you know, someone from Braun, likely Alicia going home or someone or, or, or Liz going home. Like, it's crazy that like, you know, who knows, like Liz could win, you know, it's just like, that's what every boot is like too. It's like, just like so many tiny little snap moments and that that ends up being, you know, your narrative on the show. Like she's at, you know, just, it's just nuts to me. Do you feel like that was driven home even more to you by your recent experience playing the game again? Yeah, and I, I, mean, I certainly took that away my first time, just like how many like tiny, like how everything that happened was just based on like tiny little circumstances adding up, you know, like it's like basically like a bunch of random things happen and and, and someone wins, you know, um, but but yeah, and I, it's just crazy that it's 
Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like I, I saw it, I saw it with my, you know, just like narrow challenge victories determining the, the course of the entire game. You know, someone slips, they'd head, held on for a second longer then everything is different. And it, you know, it makes you think like there's certainly a level of skill that goes into playing survivor, but there's also just a, a tremendous amount of luck. Yeah. It see make, the way you make it sound. It's almost like that uh, two guys on the internet can't seemingly know how every single decision is going to go down. <laughs> I, well, yeah. I don't know. About, I don't know about that, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't agree with that. <laughs> okay, let's take another question. Scott Grimes wants to know. Ty took a big gamble in this episode. If you were caught in the jungle with twenty feet of pole, what would be your excuse, Stephen? Happens to me every day. <laughs> Wait, wow. What, what are we? Yeah. Um, I think it's that's I was thinking that, too. You know, it's like dangerous for him to do. Um, but I think you have to, like, take that a moment and just just hope. Yeah. For uh, Ty, I mean, what else would be new if he got caught with the idol again? It's like, uh, Ty, are you looking for the idol again? Like, oh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> so, yeah, for him, it would be like uh, nothing. You know, he's, he's been bought, caught so many times. I mean, Penner had that thing, you know, when we last week with the live note alls, Penner was like, you know, he was said that he was totally straightforward about looking for the idol, you know, and just said everyone should be looking for the idol. And we saw Braun take that attitude this week where it's just like, oh, yeah, obviously we're all like racing around trying to get the idol, of course, because it's the freaking idol. Um, but but the beauty tribe has been different. And it's a reminder, too, that like the things that like like the cult, the social mores for any given tribe are just entirely determined by that tribe. There's like no objective standard. Yeah. Yeah. Penner was really great the other night too. Like I'm looking for the idol. You all should be too. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. you're not. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. Okay. Uh, this is from Elise who wants to know, should Braun have thrown that challenge to get rid of Alicia before inevitable swap? And she turns against them. Steven, should the Braun tribe have gone down the intentional Matt Singh path? You just don't know how many challenges are left. You know, maybe, maybe you think it's going to be four and then a swap. So we'll do the next one. Yeah. I do think you don't want to go with into a swap or emerge with, with someone like that though. Yeah. I don't think it would have hurt them if they would have lost that challenge because yeah. that she was somebody who really was seemingly dead weight in that challenge. It looked like that she was not somebody that could have contributed at all. And really Alicia started, she was the first person doing the, the ball thing and she had to swap out. She couldn't do it. And so Scott went and then Jason went and then I'm presuming a person can't go twice. So it really came down to Alicia who couldn't do it once. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, that, uh, that it was Sydney who couldn't do it once or Alicia doing it for the first time. And they sent Sydney back out there again. So yeah. I wonder if you would be better suited, not even just to throw the challenge next time, but I think that they probably didn't mind if they, if they, if it was like, Hey, we won, we won, but maybe you still have that option to throw the next challenge. Right. You're not right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure that's the, that's the way they're conceiving of it. It's like, it's not terrible to, you know, although I don't know, like Scott's an athlete and some athletes just like never, want to lose a challenge right so, uh, and i'm not that like i'm all about you know if, if it makes sense to lose a challenge lose a challenge you know liz had that terrible confessional after the challenge like oh maybe it's a good thing that we lost and while that's never a good confessional to have make tv it's not a good you know it's not a it's not a bad thought to have you know sometimes it is a good thing to lose 
you know, the danger is when that whenever that confessional of yours airs, you know that you're in trouble. Yeah, it is a big like blinking red light. Anytime these people say like, oh, this was actually a good thing. So it's just going to be me and Peter saying like, it's just going to be me and Liz deciding who goes home next. Yeah, like, oh, but it's like not bad to think those things or even say those things. You know, you it's just only going to make air like when you're when you know, when your numbers are when we see those things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, this is from uh, Tim, who says, uh, was Kyle's way of finding the idol the worst way to find it? Couldn't they have waited an hour or two before searching for it? Uh, no, I think that was the move, right? For Kyle or J- slash Jason Sarge um, was to just go after it because Sydney knows about it. He knows Alicia knows about it. You know, I, I think that was the move. I feel like that no, everything that we know about Jason's character doesn't seem like he's going to wait around for something. It's like, okay, I just found out where this guy is going to be. Right. Uh, I'm going to wait until three. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I think he, no, he's going to the guy's house. He's kicking the door down. He's just grabbing the guy when, it, you know, when it's good for him. He's a bounty hunter. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a thing. Bounty hunters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve, what do you got? This is uh, from Carlos. Carlos has to say, is anyone else really high on Neil right now? Very calm under pressure, self-aware enough, good in challenges. I actually didn't think we saw a lot from Neil. You know, he had a few great reactions. Well, yeah, what's your perspective? No, I don't really have a good take on Neil. I did feel like that he kept things under control. I mean, I did feel like that he was going to be a very analytical player coming into this season. That my read on him, I said I thought he was going to be like you crossed with Eric Reichenbach. But I feel like that we've seen surprisingly <laughs> That's a strange cross. Yeah, like yeah. what is that cross? Yeah, bring that. Uh, put the it's back to back with great endurance. Oh, back to back. Yeah, there you go. so. But for Neil, I did feel like that he played it seemingly cool from what we saw. No ice cream puns intended. But for him, I don't know exactly where he goes. I I don't necessarily feel like he's going to mesh with Debbie and Joe. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, it, they they seem, those two just seem, I mean, Aubrey seems to have more play there than, than Neil does, right? Aubrey's closer with Debbie. Mm-hmm. So, we see them talking a lot. Yeah, for the Neil and Aubrey pair, I don't know ultimately where they're going to go next. That's why I'm so worried about this Brains Tribe once we get to some sort of a swap. Yeah, I agree. Because if, you, if you're if you not matched up with the person who's your pair in that Brains Tribe, like you know how that's going to be where we get down to seven and seven or what, you know, whenever they make a swap. If like, let's say Neil is on a tribe with, you know, Peter or is on a tribe with Joe. Is that going to work out? So I don't really know exactly if how or if Debbie is with, you know, uh, with somebody who's oh, is Debbie's with Neil. You know, are, are they going to be able to function together? Well, I mean, though, to be fair, like, you know, we're seeing uh, as always, we're seeing a very, you know, selective the portrait, you know, like these people for nine days have been, you know, huddling together in the cold. And, you know, I think that there's always going to be a baseline of trust and respect for the people who are on your first tribe. Okay, sure. Yeah. We'll go know, you felt that right in, in a uh, survivor of the Amazon, a baseline of trust and respect with no. uh, your first tribe. No, no I'm kidding. Definitely I'm kidding. Not. I know yeah. you did not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, why did, so Amanda Fallon wants to know why didn't Liz flip her vote to Peter last minute four to two versus three to one just as a hail Mary. And that, 
I, I don't know how much Liz and Peter knew what was going on. I mean, I think that Liz and Peter were conducting themselves at the tribal council as if that their plan was moving forward. I think that Liz said the person going home tonight, yeah. uh, it, it's not going to be that much of a surprise to them. So it, yeah, it seems like she wasn't like that boy. I don't know what, what you know, what could happen or it could be Peter. So she seemed like uh, that she was pretty surprised. Seemed like a true blindside to her. Yeah. And I think, you know, just like, I think some, you know, maybe the question is like defensively, if you are in that position, why not? And the reason is because you have to assume that your plan is, or she does assume her plan is going through. And in that case, if she flipped her vote and voted for Peter, Peter's going to be pissed. Peter's her closest ally. You know, yeah. you don't want to toss a vote, like totally destabilize your plan and throw a vote at your closest ally just as like a, uh, a self-preservation move when you don't think you're going home. You know, if Liz sniffed that that it might be her then it might make sense for her to do but she has to know that you know but thinking that your plan is is moving forward it, it would be terrible might not be the worst idea though once peter says liz and i are smart we've thought of everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not everything yeah. not a, not everything all right let's take a couple more questions uh with steven uh pat is cool wants to say what would you guys do if you were in the idle situation if you were alicia aka blondie i mean i don't know what you can do yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I guess not share the clue with Sydney is the move, right? Yeah. Like she should have like pocketed the clue and gone back later rather than share it and, and immediately start digging. Yeah, I think that's probably the best move for her. I mean, I think that she has to at some point like uh, not be so confrontational with those guys. Like I think she has to get, uh, you know, at least fake the Stockholm syndrome that she loves Jason. She loves Scott, that she's not going to be a pain in the ass for them going forward and making them feel like, Oh, maybe Sydney is the person maybe, you know, maybe Jason thinking like, Oh, maybe I should take out Scott. And, you know, I know that we're going to have, I'm going to have a loyal number here. So I think that she needs to uh, be a little bit more congenial to the other people in the tribe and not be such an antagonist to them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. That's, She's got like, that's her only play, right? I mean, I guess her other play would be to have the the idol in her pocket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's do uh, Zach Kennedy. Is the real reason for the combined reward immunity challenges solely for character development on the show? Or do they make this decision based on the grueling weather conditions? No, I think that this is pretty par for the course in a lot of seasons where early on we end up with just one challenge to uh, spend a little more time uh, with the stuff going on at camp. Not every single season, but I don't think that that's unusual. Especially for the first few challenges, and especially in a three tribe season where there's just a lot to show, uh, it's it's yeah, it's largely for character development, just to show you know what what's going on in all, all the camps. You know, re- challenges take up a lot of time. Uh, you know, showing rewards take up a lot of time. Okay, Stephen, give us one last question here from uh, Firefist Ace wants to know: Should Caleb align with the girls for his own game? I think he'd do better with them, but I also think you should see with Ty. This can't be our last one. We've already talked about this one. Yeah, and also the math just doesn't work there. I mean, uh, sure, he can stick with Ty and be with the girls. They want to vote yeah. out Nick, so I think that that's yeah. uh, that's fine. Okay, let's do uh, one one last real last question from <laughs> Bro Aid. Bro Aid wants to know. What do you think of the super idol? I think it's a cool twist. Okay, we already talked about that. Uh, here, One you know, last. Then, how, how about this? Take the question that uh, we got from, I believe it was from Kaz right before uh, the show started. He wanted to know, do you think that these four dumb brains will realize that they absolutely have to throw next week's challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, they absolutely have to. Is that even true, though? I mean, yes. Yes. It, I, 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 yeah. 
So it's, it's, it's interesting because you could have two tribes here potentially both trying to throw the challenge uh, <laughs> next week where if everybody believes that there will be a tribe swap after four people get voted out, you could see the brains tribe saying we have to throw the tribe or throw the challenge here because we need to get rid of Peter before a tribe swap. We can't let him get off the hook. And then also we have the Braun tribe might be saying we have to get rid of Alicia. We can't let her get back into another tribe. And then be somebody who is going to be voting against us after a tribe swap. Are we being too rigid here, Rob though? Like in a lot, you know, certainly in last season, but I, that's, I know that's an exception, but like in a lot of recent seasons, you know, certainly with, with Tony, you know, people would come back after blindsiding someone and, and be like, we had to get rid of Liz. She was the snake. Peter, so sorry. We had to betray you like that, but you're back with us. Like that's not an impossible move. Well, it's not an impossible move, but I do think that Peter is going to be the kind of person that's going to say like, okay, my bad, everybody. I've been just really crazy. Uh, you know, you were right. I really got a whole, you know, I got too carried away with everything. You know, I, I will, you know, scale it back. Or do I you think, th- I don't think that's impossible. I mean, I, I think you see it sometimes with like, you know, people who are, are displaying arrogance because they think they're in a dominant position as soon as they get humbled they, you know, they get their head rattled and they, they take a step back and they change the way that they're approaching things. You know, I think that does happen. I don't think it's impossible for Peter. I don't think it's impossible for Alicia. You know, I think that Alicia has confessional after confessional where she's like, I can't believe these guys screwed me over again. And it's like, she keeps on putting the fact that she keeps on saying that means she keeps on putting her faith that they're going to be honest with her one more time. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we'll see. Lots of intrigue heading into next week's episode. Will we have one of these two tribes throwing the challenges? Will we have the our first medical evacuation of the season here? And uh, if we do, will we also have a vote? So a lot to unpack as well, uh, of course, uh, next Wednesday night. All right, so Stephen, do you have a hashtag uh, for this episode? Oh. Why do you do this? Okay, I'll let the chat room think about it here (laughs) for a second. And then uh, we'll just set up, okay, don't forget exit interview with Liz coming up in the morning. Don't forget to read Stephen Fishback's People blog. Uh, You could follow. It's live. It's live on my Twitter, twitter.com slash Stephen Fishback or my Facebook. Yeah. Facebook.com Stephen Fishback. There you go. All right, so uh, check that out tomorrow. Plus, we're going to have our recap podcast coming out Thursday with Johnny Fairplay back here on RHAP and then get your voicemails in with Amy at uh, robswebsite.com slash voicemail or 323-282-RHAP. And don't forget, uh, if you are a fan of the Big Brother Canada, like Steve, like Big Brother Canada super fan Stephen Fishback, uh, Jordan Parhar is going to be live tonight on uh on blab talking about the big brother canada premiere i will be uh live talking about the first two nights of big brother canada this friday afternoon at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific and hopefully uh we will also be bringing you an exit interview with the first person voted out of big brother canada for steven Woo. <laughs> all right uh steven it's not the same to not be uh with you in person for these but this was still a great night I know it's it's uh, almost it's it's as close as we can get uh, until April. Okay, yeah. All right, the countdown is on. Hashtag voting unit, voting unit. I love it. Okay, all right. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Survive the no way to. Hold.